On the 1st of September 1939, Nazi Germany declared war on Poland. The Second World War had begun, and Adolf Hitler, leader of the Nazi party, finally had the chance to realize his dystopian vision. But even Hitler couldn't risk demonstrating blatant aggression. Instead, an entire fake Polish attack was staged on the night of the 31st of August, complete with murdered prisoners dressed as Polish soldiers. Germany would go to war as an aggressor, but that would not stop it claiming it was acting in self-defense. This secret attack was known as Operation Canned Goods, so called because the bodies of the murdered prisoners used in the operation were called Canned Goods. This hideous act of deception became the justification for Hitler's war in Europe. Although internationally seen for the ruse it was, Operation Canned Goods was an important piece of propaganda needed to convince ordinary Germans that the war in Poland was unavoidable, provoked, and just. This is the story of Operation Canned Goods, the story of the lie that opened the floodgates of a conflict that would see over 70 million dead. Operation Canned Goods was planned by Nazi Germany's highest ranking officials. It is sometimes known as Operation Himmler. That's because Heinrich Himmler, one of the most important men in Nazi Germany and future architect of the Holocaust, was the first to come up with the plan. He was not the only planner who had a dark future waiting for him in the years to come. Reinhard Heydrich supervised the operation. Known by Hitler as the man with the iron heart, Heydrich was infamous for his brutality even for a Nazi. By 1945, he would be directly responsible for the mass shooting and gassing of some 1.3 million people, mostly Jews and Poles. Rounding off the list of planners was Heinrich Muller, or Gestapo Muller, as he was known. This man ran the secret police network of Nazi Germany, controlling and silencing occupied Europe through networks of distrust and fear. He would manage the entire operation. This nightmarish team of evil men met up numerous times in the summer of 1939, planning Operation Canned Goods. Their goal was clear, create the appearance of Polish aggression to Germany so that Germany could justify a war in the East. Hitler didn't just want a war, he wanted a war that he could say he hadn't started. Perhaps the aim was to confuse Poland's allies, Britain and France. If they believed Poland was the aggressor, they might delay a declaration of war against Germany, perhaps even stop it entirely. Or maybe Hitler's goal was to mislead the German public, many of whom remembered the bloodshed of the First World War and were anxious to prevent future conflicts if possible. Either way, these men hatched a plan to see Hitler's vision realized. Members of the German secret forces, the SS, were enlisted for the job. 
Described by one historian as a conflation of Teutonic Knights, the Jesuits, and Japanese Samurai, the SS soldiers were the perfect men to see Operation Canned Goods completed successfully. Chosen not just for their physical size, intelligence, and German backgrounds, the SS men were also the most ideologically driven of all Nazi forces. Sworn into secrecy and utterly obedience, they could be trusted to carry out Nazi Germany's most secret and inhumane missions. With such a sensitive, covert operation such as this, these skills would be indispensable. Some SS men were tasked with preparing evidence for the Polish attack. They journeyed out to political prisons across Germany. Their work was disturbingly straightforward. They were to identify prisoners in the system convicted of serious crimes or deemed unworthy of life. Communists, people who opposed the Nazis, the mentally unwell, all these people fit the criteria. SS men would then choose the fittest among them, the men who were tall and strong, who looked as if they could have been soldiers. Once selected, these men were murdered. Taken to the doctor's offices nearby, they were told they were receiving health checkups. What they actually received were lethal injections, given to them before they were shaved and dressed as Polish soldiers. Fake causes of death would be written in thousand page long death registers. The canned goods were ready. The names of these murdered actors in an invasion that never happened thus joined the ranks of thousands of others killed by the Nazis. With this insidious evidence prepared, the SS now needed to get them to the German-Polish border. So, in the dead of night, lorries arrived at locations around Germany, ready to transport the bodies on trains bound eastward. Within a few days, these gruesome props were in place. The second phase of the operation could begin. A fake war needs more than casualties. It needs combatants. Here too, the SS played their parts. This time, they would have the role of Polish soldiers. Assembling in squads at 21 locations along the border, German SS men were drilled in basic Polish by bilingual squad members. Here they also received Polish army uniforms, identity cards, and weaponry, smuggled from across the border or forged elsewhere. Their orders? On August 31st, 1939, they were to storm various buildings along the German-Polish border and create the false appearance of an invasion. This they did. Across locations picked for their strategic positions, railway junctions, custom stations, and radio towers, SS men dressed as Polish army regulars marched in. They did not move quietly. In the process of the attack, they committed acts of vandalism, trashing buildings, breaking windows, starting fires. They fired their weapons throughout, scaring local residents and police forces with inaccurate gunfire shots. Under orders to make a scene, these SS men made sure they would be noticed. After provoking some attention, the men then retreated, slipping back to secret meeting places where they could undress and disperse. Along the way, they made sure to leave the locations littered with evidence prepared earlier. The dead prisoners were hauled onto the stage, shot, and left for the police and journalists to find. One famous incident at Glewitz in Silesia illustrates what happened that day across many locations. There, covert Nazi forces took control of a radio tower on the German half of the border on the morning of the 31st. They interrupted normal broadcasts to play anti-German messages in Polish to the surrounding areas, convincing many that a Polish invasion was currently underway. 
To make the attack seem convincing, a 43-year-old German, Francis Honiok, was captured the day before and given a lethal injection. Known in the area as a Polish sympathizer, he was to play the part of ringleader and was so dressed accordingly. Francis was joined by his comrades in arms, prisoners from Dachau concentration camp who had been drugged. These men were scattered around the radio station and shot dead by the SS. For good measure, prolific prisoners had their faces disfigured, making any identification of the men impossible. The SS men promptly left the gruesome scene. It would be the local police and regular military forces who would discover this horrifying incident. With Operation Canned Goods being carried out in complete secrecy, these men likely believed they were uncovering evidence of a genuine attack. Few would have guessed the despicable truth. With war declared the next day, any man who held doubts about what he saw that day knew better than to speak up about it. Other than Germans, only American journalists were invited to witness and report on the events of that day. Fortunately, Paris and London were not so easily convinced. Neville Chamberlain, British Prime Minister, summed up the feeling when announcing Britain's declaration of war to the House of Commons. Quote, as long as the Nazi government exists and pursues the methods it has so persistently followed during the last two years, there will be no peace in Europe. We shall merely pass from one crisis to another and see one country after another attacked by methods which have now become familiar to us in their sickening technique. The crisis to which he was specifically referring to was Operation Canned Goods. Germany's bluff had been called, and the invasion on the 1st of September was seen for what it really was, a blatant act of aggression. France and Britain would honor their alliance with Poland, declaring war on Germany later that day. But Hitler was not to be discouraged. In his speech to the Reichstag the day after the attack, he explicitly referenced this staged attack as a reason behind the outbreak of war. Quote, I can no longer find any willingness on the part of the Polish government to conduct serious negotiations with us. These proposals for mediation have failed because in the meanwhile there, first of all, came as an answer the sudden Polish general mobilization, followed by more Polish atrocities. These were again repeated last night. Recently, in one night, there were as many as 21 frontier incidents. Last night, there were 14, of which three were quite serious. I have, therefore, resolved to speak to Poland in the same language that Poland for months has used towards us. This night, for the first time, Polish regular soldiers fired on our own territory. Since 5.45 AM, we have been returning the fire. I will continue this struggle, no matter against whom, until the safety of the Reich and its rights are secured. It was with these words that the fate of Europe was sealed. The two titans of the continent, the Allies on one side and the Axis powers on the other, would finally come to blows. World War II had begun. Operation Canned Goods remained shrouded in secrecy until the end of the war. Although the Allied powers did not believe that Polish forces had attacked German positions the day before, none knew the extent of Nazi deception. Only following the ruining of Germany and the surrender of the Nazi forces was the truth uncovered. 
A statement made by Alfred Naujox, an SS member who gave evidence at the trial, gave details about the operation and the involvement of the three high-ranking officers mentioned earlier, Himmler, Heydrich, and Muller, uncovering the plot. The operation received surprisingly little attention from the public, both during the Nuremberg trials and up to today. It is true that among all the secrets uncovered following the collapse of Nazi power in Europe, Operation Canned Goods remains small in scale. In truth, compared to other Nazi atrocities, it seems almost insignificant. Yet the events of that day provided an important prerequisite for a general war in Europe, important in convincing the German people that war was unavoidable. The sickening Nazi theater of phony invasion that occurred on the 31st of August, 1939, remains a key event shaping the entire of European and world history. Operation Canned Goods, this pantomime of the dead, demonstrates the warped logic behind Nazi aggression, and with it, the Nazi war goals themselves. And there you have the tale of Operation Canned Goods. Feel free to leave your reactions and thoughts in the comments section below, and remember to like and subscribe to support the channel. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next time.